Welcome to the Poetry Society of Texas podcast. I'm Terry Jude Miller, your host for this episode. Tonight, our guest is Michelle Hartman. Michelle's poetry books, The Last Journal of My Second Trip to Purgatory, Wanton Disarray, Disenchanted and Disgruntled, and Irony and Reverence are available at the Amazon and Barnes and Noble websites. She's published in multiple journals, anthologies, here and overseas. She is the former editor of the Red River Review. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, it's good to be with you. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let's jump right into it and ask you, what got you into poetry? Oh, that's a very good question. Very simple answer. I wanted to be a writer all my life because I am a readaholic. I have a horrible addiction to books, and I wanted to be a writer. I thought writers were the greatest people on earth. And I started out writing in 95, and I was writing a creative nonfiction that had to do with Fort Worth. And someone recommended workshopping. They said, find your workshop and that they'll help you. And I went to a workshop over in Farmer's Branch and I met Ann Howell. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you probably have heard of Ann. Everybody's heard of Ann. (laughs) So Ann pulled me aside and she said, you're not using your words to the best. You're using them well, but not to the best of your ability. Come over to this other workshop. We were going to teach you how to write poetry. And she said, once you learn how to write poetry, everything you write will be better. So I went with her to the Dallas Poets community. And once I started writing poetry, I just never went back. That's, a, that's an interesting story. So do you feel that you're a better writer now that you're a good poet? Absolutely. Especially because of the type of stuff I write. Mm-hmm. Poetry is such an amazing form for it. It's great that you bring that up because you write social and political poetry, don't you? Yes, sir. I do. Why do you write social and political poetry? Well, my degree is in political science, pre-law from Texas Wesleyan University. And I had started out to be in politics, but unfortunately, I developed a terminal case of ethics. And (laughs) my doctor said, you know, move on. So one of my science professors said, well, you can still write it even if you don't do it. So I started writing political poetry. And the thing I have come away with with it is that it is so much more powerful way to teach people about what is wrong in society and politics today. So that's why you use poetry for that topic. Oh, that's yes, sir. That's interesting. So can I give you an example that'll make it real easy? That would be great. Read us one of your poems. Well, it's actually not one of my poems, but just to give you an example, if you have a book that is about child abuse, you know, there's a bunch of statistics and 97% of the kids abused, 63% will be this or that. And you can understand it, certainly, but you don't really feel. And Nina Simone did a song. I don't know if you're familiar with it called Strange Fruit. I'll read you just a bit of this. Southern trees bearing strange fruit, blood on the leaves and blood at the roots, black bodies swinging in the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees, pastoral scene of the gallant south, them big bulging eyes and the twisted mouth, scent of magnolia clean and fresh, 
than the southern smell of burning flesh. Here is fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, for the wind to suck, for the sun to rot, for the leaves to drop. Here is a strange and bitter crop. Oh my so, goodness. Now, while yeah. it's lyrics, if you look at them, they actually will fit as a sonnet. Mm -hmm. They've got the ABAB and they've got, the, I believe they've got the right beat. So you don't have to have poetry that's way over someone's head. Mm -hmm. This past month, well, in December, December 10th, Tracy Smith, our former poet laureate, wrote an essay in the New York Times mm -hmm. where she talks about politics and poetry. And she says, talking about this could be dangerous for your future. But she goes on to discuss some of the political poetry that we have right now. Mm -hmm. The problem with the examples that Ms. Smith used is that they are written on that double PhD level. Oh, I see. And if you have to explain it to me, who has at least a bachelor's level degree, mm -hmm. you're going to have to break it down for me, then you know the everyday American is probably not going to get it and is not going to read it. So you've got to make it like the Nina Simone lyrics where people know mm -hmm. what you're talking about, but that doesn't mean you can't have beauty yeah, yeah. and wordplay. Yeah. So that's I mean, kind of why I use that. I get what you're saying. You know, poetry should be for everyone and poetry about social and political issues is especially attuned to belong to everyone. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, uh, and that's where we got started. You know, we started being, we carried the history in Ireland and England and various places. Right. The poets went around with their lyres and in between towns, they made it into a song and, and they told the townspeople and they spread the news and they got put up for the night and a warm meal if they were lucky mm -hmm. and that was our basis in poetry and we've gotten so far away from it and the neat thing about the prize was it was a sociological poem about child abuse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was so proud of whoever judged that and the mm -hmm. texas poetry society for standing up and saying you know this is not acceptable yeah. Isn't that just awesome? It is. Now, unfortunately, we can't ask you to read that poem in our show today. Yes. Because yes. it's going to be published, and it's an agreement with the Poetry Society of Texas that the first published rights belong to the PST. Mm -hmm. So, But I very much look forward to reading it in the anthology when it's released later this year. Do you think that there's a glass ceiling in poetry as far as, like, education level? Oh, absolutely. You know this 1% you hear about all the time mm -hmm. in politics, that 1%, that group. We mm -hmm. have a 1% in poetry. We have a 1%. And to bring back up Tracy Smith, that lady has more education and more degrees. Mm -hmm. And then she's teaching currently at Harvard. This is no slouch, you know, in the education group. Right. You very rarely see people getting the grants. Mm -hmm. getting the honors that don't have minimum of a PhD and they haven't been to the big writers conferences and so forth and so on. You look at them and they're right. like a playbook to how to be Mr. or Miss Poetry. Mm -hmm. And you go out here to where we are, you go to places like Scissor Tail or the People's Poetry down in Corpus Christi or mm -hmm. Langdon and you're meeting the everyday poets we have degrees, most of us. Some of us have PhDs and teach at the area colleges. 
but is our book going to be featured in Poets and Writers? Don't hold your breath. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, there's a definite glass ceiling. Yeah. I've often asked about local Texas publications and wondered why so few Texas poets are in Texas publications. And something interesting was shared with me that the reason that Texas poets usually don't appear in Texas publications like Gulf Coast Magazine is they actually want to bring in people from outside of Texas mm -hmm. to be featured in their books. And indeed, Gulf Coast Magazine does feature a lot of people. And I, I have to say that it also works in my favor because when I've offered poetry to college publications in California, it's been accepted. But you would see very few Californians in that same anthology. So, you know, I think you're onto something there. I love Tracy Smith's podcast, The Slowdown. I love that. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's a daily podcast, Monday through Friday, and she does an outstanding job of doing a synopsis and a facing of the poem that she's featuring in that show. It's just an outstanding show. Where do you get your inspiration? Oh, well, most of mine, the evening news. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. really, really hard for me to watch the local and then the national and not have a little something to say. Mm. Also, Ken Hayda, who is a, a professor at, in Ada, Oklahoma, has a podcast. I use that a lot. I go to a lot of the festivals. I buy the local poets. One of my big inspirations is a guy in Belton named Brady Peterson. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Brady writes just like me. And I read his stuff, and it's almost like I'm responding to him. I also very much like Alan Gann, Jeff Alfier, who's a gentleman out of California, who's the editor of San Pedro Review mm -hmm. Press, and also uh, Steve Kleptar, who's up north, mm -hmm. and Ace Bogus, who's a gentleman, I think, in Tennessee. And I'll tell you a little hint, just share with you and your listeners one of the things about where you get your inspiration is also a submission help. Yep. You know, most people want to use submittable. They want to pay. If they have the money, good on them. I don't. I'm a poet. Mm -hmm. So um, the people that I like, the people who talk to me, I friend them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then whenever they put up, hey, I just was in Concho River Review. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, then that means they'll take my stuff if they'll take his. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I run behind several of these people and, and I submit to the same journals and I'm doing really well with it. So I've been trying to get the word out there. You don't have to pay. Yeah. Just look at your idols. Look at the people that you're copying and you're emulating. Mm -hmm. You need to go where they are. And yep. also some people think that if you say something on Facebook, like I got to accept it, that's bragging. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, because first of all, that pitiful journal needs that PR. Right. They need every dime they can get. And it helps the people who are watching your Facebook page who write like you to know where they need to go. Yeah. I find that belonging to the Poetry Society of Texas has really benefited my writing, has exposed me to some great poets that we have, but it's also exposed me to people who were beginning writers like I was, beginning poets like mm -hmm. I was. So I think it's extremely important to belong to associations like that and to compete in their competitions. I find that that drives me forward. If, if I know mm -hmm. that you know, I'm preparing 
poems for the monthly contest at PST or for the annual competition at PST or for the manuscript prize. I find it drives me. It drives me forward. I love walking. I love walking. And that's where I get most of my inspiration, listening to podcasts like Tracy K. Smith's Slow Down, the Poem Talk, the New Yorker Poetry Podcast, just to name a few. It's a great place to get inspiration. Well, Michelle, it was wonderful having you with us tonight. Thanks for being here. All right. It was nice for you to ask me. And thank you again to the Texas Poetry Society. This has been a Poetry Society of Texas podcast featuring Michelle Hartman. Visit the website at poetrysocietyoftexas.org. The podcast producer is me, Terry Jude Miller. Music provided by Ed and Nim Frita. Technical editing by Jerry Darrell Kirkley. Visit again for another episode of the Poetry Society of Texas podcast. <laughs>